0: i really apologize for that part of it you know i I really didn't mean to single anybody out Uh, i apologize for that but um you know it's the whole system and is this a sustainable system and is it really you know good for college football i think name image and likeness is good for college football um you know i think the focus now is getting a little bit more on how much money i can make while i'm playing and where can i make it and I'm not sure that's that's really good um, systematically for any of us.
1: 5 o'clock on a Friday, Billy Vegas taking us in for the final hour of the Friday Rush. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, there's Nick Saban from yesterday. Walking back those comments a little bit, trying to play the good guy in the feud between he and Jimbo Fisher. What I'm curious of, Travis, is where do we go from here? Where's the next step? What happens next with this feud between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher?
0: Uh, well, you'd hope it's in a in a perfect world the NCAA would step in and actually do something about it, and not specifically – to either of those coaches, but to the NIL structure. When you have two premier college coaches, at least on the paychecks, no doubt, but one certainly based on accomplishments, saying that there needs to be structure, and, you know, both of them benefiting fine. They were the number one and number two ranked classes last year. If they're the ones that say that, hey, we need structure in this, then it's not whining. It's not anything, and and a governing body, whether that's NCAA, or God forbid the federal government, needs to step in and do something about it. You know, I just it, we all understand it, it's not going, to, it's not sustainable in its current form. So that's really the that's really the question is who's gonna, who's going to step up and do it? Why, why not you, Tyler? I think you get, I think it's time for you to step up and. Uh, and do it, and maybe uh, throw your hat in the ring for NCAA commissioner.
1: I would love, I would love nothing more than to th- throw the book at Texas A&M, buddy. You, you talk about my all-time wish to get to hammer Jimbo Fisher in a more of a public setting than what I already have now. Where do I sign? Sign me up for it, please. <laughs> God, I love that right, so much. Right. No, I'll man. I tell you what,
0: you brought up that. Uh, well, I, you brought I, up that PFF college uh, tweet about UFC USC's offseason. Yeah. It's at nearly 1000 replies and bro in here there are there are plays, there are diagrams, play sheets, calls, formations. People are putting literal diagrams in just to show, "Hey, this is exactly how you do it." It's this incredible content, man. You
1: no, know, it's 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 amazing content and they knew what they were doing when they put that out. They knew who they were targeting. They were targeting the, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. OU fans, And which, hey, it's smart when it comes to social media interaction. Just uh, say something over-the-top positive about USC or you know anything that goes against what OU fans think, and OU fans are going to jump all over it. Unfortunately, I think that we're going to hear a pretty long silence between Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban because Saban's job is done, dude. Mission accomplished for him, yep. right? I mean, he came out, he was aggressive. Yep. Jimbo Fisher responded. He apologized. So unless Jimbo Fisher gets this thing going again, unless Dion Sanders takes his opportunity to hammer Nick Saban, which what's he waiting on if he is, um, we're probably not right. going to hear a whole lot about this again until – well, we'll hear a lot about it. But the next instance where something fun could happen is most likely October 8th. In Tuscaloosa, Alabama, when Bama puts up a 60 burger on A&M,
0: in the first half, yeah, I think I think what's important to remember about this, and I don't think we've we've mentioned it since I've been on. I'm not sure if you mentioned it earlier, but uh, you know we've been doing these coaches caravans, right? And you specifically, you've been going to these, right? Well, who who's at who's at the coaches caravan? Uh, who who attends the coaches caravan? Uh, Tyler.
1: Uh, well, you you talking about coaches wise or fans wise? Which, which nope, one-
0: nope, nope. Who are they meant for? Who att- who attends them?
1: Oh, it's it's meant for the fans for sure, and probably to
0: donate a little bit money here and there for sure. Exactly, exactly. It's meant to fire up fans, and it's meant to drum up money. Right? There's no secret that OU is hitting a lot of the hubs where their biggest donors reside. You look at Houston, you look at you know the D F W or you look at uh, Oklahoma City, Tulsa, things like that, and you start to think to yourself, you know, what who's the audience, right? In, in any anytime anybody is speaking, you have to consider who is the audience. Well, Preventables has been saying some things at these caravans to get everybody amped up, riled up, you know, they're get they've got you know, bars at, at, at some of these. I know they had a bar of the one I was at. And you get to you loosening up those pocketbooks, right? Well, it's important to understand the context and the audience that Nick Saban was speaking to. Obviously, everybody's got an iPhone, but or a, a phone with a camera on it. I'll put it that way. I don't want to, you know, yeah. I want to hate get hate from the Android crowd. Yeah, on the there, three but, people uh, that have those, be anyways. careful. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So with that, Saban was speaking to them. Saban was fundraising. That's what he was doing. He was saying, "Well, look." They bought their class. You know, they did this, that, and the other. And then, you know what, there was a table set up on the other side of that room from where Saban was, and they were accepting checks. It was not media availability. This was not happening in a press conference. This was not happening in in an interview with 247 Sports or uh, ESPN or Rival. It wasn't happening with any of that. He spoke to his fan base and his donors to say, hey, look, this is what I think's happening and he's drumming up money. But the problem is it's recorded and then it gets reported, right? So that's I think that's important to understand and I think partly why he's, you know, kind of walking back some of the comments now and kind of clarifying some of the comments now, is that he understands like look, this 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 wasn't meant for you. This this was meant for my our our fans and our donors and our boosters. What do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. I think that he's also like you said, clarifying because there were some people out there that are pitting NIL versus Nick Saban. Nick Saban hates NIL, and if you go to Alabama, you're not going to have a chance to earn any money. It's not the truth at all. I mean, Nick Saban's about NIL. He's just not about overusing it like Texas A&M is. And if I was him, I would have done the exact same thing of trying to come out and say, no, 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 no. We, we want you to make money. Our players last year earned money. We're just going to go about it in a different way than uh, than Texas A and M
0: did. Well, they co- they combined to make three million dollars. He said it in the same breath, almost. You know, I mean, he said, you know, our players combined to make three million dollars. We talk about this. You talk about Saban. You talk about Saban making people money. I think the the NFL contracts literally, I think, are one point seven billion since he came to Alabama. I mean, when when it when it comes to setting people up to get paid, or you know, getting them paid earlier, now that we have NIL. It's pretty clear, and if you kind of dig into rumors, if you will, of Saban in the past, it's pretty clear that if there's a guy that's against paying players, it ain't Nick Saban.
1: Yeah. I asked earlier on the text line what you want the uh, final score to be of that game. Uh, if you got thoughts on that Air Coverage Solutions text line, 405 651 Some of the responses that we got earlier in the show, 76 nothing. Just keep it under that 77 nothing. Oh, you'll have that. Tied 42-13, 77-0 Alabama. Bama to destroy Texas A&M, prove that coaching is still important. Um, Yeah, I – Travis, I don't know the last time – that the entire country has sat around, the entire country of college football fans, and said, roll tide, roll. But everyone outside of College Station is going to be saying roll tide on October 8th. And I'm serious, man. I don't know the last time where everyone sat around and rooted for Bama, but that's going to happen in the A&M game.
0: Are are there – I mean, I know we talk about uh, obviously being in this part of the country and in this conference and with this history – we talk about you know not liking texas uh, a lot and obviously national media that we you know we like to pick fun at the we're back all that like is it do like most clowned on hated programs and I, and i don't mean hated by oh i hate them cuz they always win so much like the two most hated teams are they are they texas and texas a and m i mean do they reside in the same state what do you think
1: I definitely think it's Texas, um, and now I think Texas has turned in such a to such a punchline nationally. Um, they're they're the butt of the joke, but they're still hated because of how they go about being a joke, right? They're, they're still the arrogance that's there. You would think by now that they'd be humbled, but there's still the massive arrogance there with Texas, so that still yeah, makes them humble hateable. proof, right? Um, in terms of a And M, man. They're getting there. I don't know if they're, they're there yet. There. They're, they're getting
0: there quickly. They're definitely they're getting there.
1: Getting there. I, I still probably say Alabama and Texas are your one and two. Ohio State's probably that team up in the north, so they could probably make a good run at it. But if Jimbo and A&M continue to go about things the way that they are and they start to win with it, oh, buddy, yeah, the hate for A&M will really start to grow nationally, I feel like.
0: But but I but I do think you mentioned Ohio State and, and Alabama. I do think it, a certain percentage is, of that, you know, anger or the disdain is rooted in jealousy. I imagine because sure. those are two of the three best programs all time. The other three, of course, being Oklahoma. Or the the third one, of course, being Oklahoma. So obviously, that's going to be rooted in, in jealousy somewhere. Is man, I would do anything. I mean, could you imagine being being Alabama, being an Alabama fan? You know, a an, a seventeen year old Alabama fan. All you know about football is that well, we're better at it than everybody, and we have been forever. You know what I mean? So with that, and you get obviously Ohio State's been very successful. So, but Texas A and M hasn't won anything since nineteen thirty nine. They made up that they were a division champion in the Big Twelve. There's no such thing as a division champion, like. They 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 just make stuff up, and then I don't know who could be jealous of Texas right now. So that's what's interesting is to me is there can be no jealousy traced back to Texas and Texas A and M. Whereas I think when you look at programs like Ohio State and Alabama, there's at least a little bit of like, man, it'd be nice to it'd be nice to win like they win. You know what I mean?
1: You uh, mentioned the seventeen year old Alabama fan. How about the massive unrealistic view of the sport? that they're walking around with right now, right? Could you imagine? Jeez, like, all, all you know is winning a national championship every other year, and the year that you don't win it, you probably want to fire Nick Saban. I mean, you know, at least crosses your mind. Like, yeah. it, it, uh, it, it is the most unrealistic view of what this sport actually is and the struggle that comes with winning a national championship. So, dude, I can't imagine – and I and I've been around them, up close and personal several times, but there's a lot of Alabama fans walking the earth right now that do not have a realistic view of what this sport is.
0: Yeah, when you come across a Twitter bio and it says New York Yankees or it says uh, you know, New York Yankees roll tide lake show, you're like, All right, oh, man, yeah.
1: what's, what's <laughs> yeah, going on? Here? Right.
0: What's going on here?
1: Uh text lines. Little says, update, Abraham
0: answers, still tied for fourth. Nice. Still tied for fourth, one under on the day. He's through 12. Um, Gooch uh, is uh, one under. He's even on the day. Uh, finished his round. Uh, he's tied for 14th. Um, Zalator is still on top at eight under. Rory uh, looking good. He's one over on the day, but he's still four under. Still tied for fourth. Uh, Rory and Abraham answer are the only two uh, tied for fourth. Uh, so looking good, looking strong.
1: Text line, I hate A&M, but I never root for the devil, which is Sabin. Well, he was called God yesterday. So, which one is he? Is he both?
0: Yeah, is he is he the devil? Is he a fallen angel, like the devil, or is huh. he is he God? Well, yeah, what's going on here? I don't know. got. I don't know. I, I, I didn't. Uh, I gotta I gotta talk to old Pastor Tom Harrison about that. I gotta. I didn't I didn't see his name come up in the Bible. So he Te- must be in there somewhere. Texas could have a lot a, of mentions.
1: Texas could have a winning season, even when the Big Twelve wants. But they still aren't back. You're not back until you consistently show up as a contender year after year. It's exactly right. Um, you know, Texas had one good season. Well, you had a season, I should say, where you won a New Year's Six Bowl game in 2018. They still lost four games that year, Travis. Yet, they proclaimed, right. we're back on the podium they believed it and everyone else believed it because they had one season. One season where they won double digit games, yet they lost to Maryland, they lost the Big 12 championship. That's the problem. You're not back until you can do it consistently. And Texas is allowed to have a good season this year, there's no doubt. But I don't trust that program to consistently churn out good football teams because I don't think they can handle success, man. 2018 showed me that.
0: Hey, and I'm and 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 uh and Oklahoma was the reason they were in that game up since they were in the playoff right so i mean they got moved up yeah. conference alignment everything like that but also with yeah i mean I'll, I'll say like i've said it a billion times by now texas you you can't you, you can't sustain success in, in especially with NIL now in large cities and pro markets you just can't do it there's too much to do you can't tell people when you're recruiting them oh man it's so much fun there's all this stuff to do here you got to come here go to school check out sixth street all this kind of stuff and then when they get there say whoa whoa why are you going to sixth street so much i need you to focus on football it's just it's 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 too easy to see i yeah. mean look at the development and everything it's just too easy to see yeah
1: no it is man hey uh travis is hanging out at ash cigar lounge in tulsa Forty-two oh five South Sheridan Road. Sounds like we got a lot of uh, patrons from the PGA Championship hanging out over there. What's some of the specials that people can uh, expect to get once they uh, walk into Ash Cigar Lounge?
0: I'll tell you what you've seen the uh, you've seen the tweets about it. Uh, you've seen uh, the all over social media. People talk they have talked about it on TV. All the expensive beers, eighteen dollars beers at the PGA Championship. Well, you could get a whole six pack. Uh, of domestics here at uh, here at ash for that three dollars for a domestic draft that is a steal three dollars uh they've got a good irish whiskey slain and then they've got stranahan's uh which i'll probably be enjoying a a glass of after this remote Uh, that's for three dollars as well that's a heck of a deal so they got some live music coming up and uh yeah it's just a cool spot one thing that i noticed recently is i'm i can see at least Five people with lit cigars, actively smoking them, and I can't smell it. Nice. which is interesting to me. Uh, they've got some great ventilation in here. Um, it's not going to be a place where you walk in and you're, you know, trying to fan the smoke out of your face to to see where the bar top is. But no, it's extremely well ventilated, and uh, they did a good job at the place.
1: There you go. Go check. T- uh, we'll be. He'll be there till six p.m. Forty two oh five South Sheridan Road. All right. More to come next. Uh, let's see. We got a score update in Norman. It's one to one, Minnesota and AM. AM's got the bases loaded with two outs. OU softball. If they win tonight against Prairie View AM, play the winner of that Minnesota AM game tomorrow. We'll tell you what's the status with Jordy Ball. We'll tell you that coming up next. It is the ref right here on the Homeless Souter fans. Friday Rush, live on the ref, taking you into the weekend. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, OU Baseball tonight at 6.30. They win. They're all alone in second place in the Big 12 standings. They uh, beat up on Texas Tech last night. Really good win in Lubbock. And, of course, OU Softball starting the Norman Regional tonight at 6.30 on ESPN Plus against Prairie View A&M. What's the status with Jordy Ball in the injury? Let's hear from uh, Head Coach Patty Gasso. Percentage chance that she pitches at some point this weekend in the regional?
0: The regional? Uh, I would argue 5% (laughs) as close to zero, but without trying to sound alarmist. I don't know. I I highly doubt she sees any action in the regional. I mean, not against these teams. I think if we had – I mean, if I think we got last year's draw. Remember when Washington – uh, we got the draw being the number one, you know, number one seed. We end up with, with, you know, a team that good in the regional. Um, I think if we go with that draw, maybe, but this draw, I mean, come on now.
1: Yeah. And, and like, we're not trying to be disrespectful here. We're just trying to be more realistic is
0: being realistic. You should not, realistic. you should
1: not need Jordy ball this weekend. Uh, which, by the way, A&M is now up 3-1 to on Minnesota in that game. I'm not sure if we're going to be starting at 6.30 for OU Prairie View A&M. Just saying, hour out, and that they're still in the middle of the softball game. But, yeah, I, I mean, A- A&M was – well, overall record this year – view Am 20 and 27 this year I don't think they won a game outside of their conference this year meaning a non-conference game no seriously am was 29 and 26 this year Minnesota was 26 and 24. this lineup alone and hope trout wines really good guys hope, hope trout uh, hope wine was really good this year with what you oh, really have good. you should really be okay you, you should be you do you, you do not need Jordy ball this weekend so I'm with you. I, actually, I think your five points are you know five too high there. I I'd say zero percent.
0: Man, I was I was close to zero, but I started there. I was like, man, that that sounds that sounds too cocky. I think five percent, you know, you know that wasn't as sounds cocky, a little bit better. You talk about you talk about hope. Be, yeah, it sounds like a five percent better. One might say. Um, but we talk about yeah, hope's been fantastic. You know, Jordy's got a point nine five ERA. Hope is a .31 ERA. She's yeah. got the second-best ERA in the entire country. So when it comes to, yeah, you know, we've still got Hope. I mean, Hope statistically, I mean, giving up a third of even the runs that Jordy is, which seems just hard to wrap your mind around in, in general. But, yeah, Hope's Hope's a stud.
1: Someone uh, just sent us a picture on the Air Cover Solutions text line. Sitting at their desktop, uh, looks like they may be listening to the ref online with a twenty-five ounce tall boy of Natty Light. Gotta say I respect it. Nice. I respect nice. it. Nice.
0: The twenty five ounce. And that's that's something to consider when you're out at the PGA. I mean, it's 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 eighteen dollar beers, but they're twenty five ounce beers, so if you were to compare that to a standard beer. It's still nine dollars ish a beer, which is still expensive, which is still expensive, but it doesn't quite get the headlines like eighteen dollar beer gets you. So yeah. it's, uh, and then I think they might have to start charging for diet soda because I think John Daly might be drinking <laughs> it all. So um, <laughs> yeah, they're gonna, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna have shortage to. of is, peanut M oh, and M's in Tulsa.
1: Someone help! He's been eating all the peanut M and M's t- too.
0: I tell you what, man. And he, and he just whips around in his cart. He's the only player on, uh, in, in the tournament that gets to use a cart due to a medical exemption. So he's, he just, you know, it's really hard for him to, to drive by and not just think in your head, they see me rolling, <laughs> right? They hate it. That, like you just, like you just start singing it. I mean, people were singing it in the crowd, just kind of under their breath. It was incredible. Wow.
1: especially when he has the number sixty-nine on his cart. That's not a coincidence, by the way. Okay, can we all <laughs> yeah, can we all agree on
0: that? Not. I Think we can all agree yeah, on that? Absolutely not. Right. Nothing's a coincidence when it comes to that guy.
1: Um. So you you talk to a lot of OU fans as as do I and I, I don't think that this represents everyone. I do think that collectively as a fan base, if you're you know asking the everyday OU fan, you think the Brent Venables' era is going to go well. Everyone's really confident that yeah yeah I I think that you know at some point he's going to win a national championship. This is meant to be. It just feels right. It's going to go really well. But when I ask about next year. There's a little bit more uneasiness to the answer. Do you get that feel when you talk to OU fans? Because I feel like, and, I, and I'm going to back something up with some numbers here, but just to kind of preface this, I almost feel like there's a, yeah, but do you think that they're going to be good next year? Do you think that that could happen in year one? I get that feeling from OU fans. I'm not sure if you do or not.
0: Oh, Are, are you asking that they think that for some reason this year is going to be better than the year after?
1: Well, I I almost get like there's just this feeling of, well, it feels right. It's definitely going to work out. And, our, and I like our roster, and I like the quarterback and everything, but it's just year one, man, and it's just tough year one. Can you get it done year one? I get that feeling. My answer to that is always like absolutely you can have a I mean, lot of success in year one.
0: You always have to look at the schedule, right? right? I mean, you and I have broken this down multiple times, I believe. I mean, you look at the schedule. Where are the losses? Find the losses on the schedule. And you can do this. This is a fun exercise to do with every team in the country. If if you think, and, you know, I hate to beat a dead horse, but when people are talking about, well, you know, what's USC going to do this year? And people are like, well, Oregon's going to beat them. Well, they don't play Oregon this year. So, like, just go and look at, look at everybody's schedule and say, okay, where are the games? When do they fall on your schedule? And, and and you know, what do you expect your team to be like? Obviously, we had installs on the offense and the defense for the first time in, what, 23 years? So, you know, they're going through that. So, obviously, our big-time opponents are going to be backloaded with Oklahoma State and Baylor. We get both of those at home. Um, Texas, uh, by the time we play them, their offensive line, their starting offensive linemen, uh, are still going to be breaking in their shoes that they're playing in. So, uh, I'm not wildly concerned there. So you just have to go around and count the wins. And I think the you know, I just have a lot of confidence because Dylan has had such success in Levy's system, and they've they've onboarded all of it. He's confident in it. He's excited about it. And you know who who knows better than the guy running the show, right?
1: Yeah, well, um on three did something really cool. They ranked the best first seasons by college football coaches. And here's Ryan Day on the list, right? Ryan Day's first year at Ohio State was recent in 2019. He started the season ranked 5th. He had a 13 and 1 record and he finished number 3 in the poll. Now, Ohio State uh, was upset by Clemson in a great college football semifinal game in the Fiesta Bowl. That ranks as the 12th, Travis. The 12th what? best first year. For a head coach, Ryan Day going thirteen and one. So there's several instances here. Chris Peterson in 0-6 went thirteen and zero his first year at Boise. Urban Meyer was a perfect twelve and zero at Ohio State in 2012, but they couldn't go to a uh, bowl game that year. Fred yeah, Akers at Texas in 1977 eleven and one. Terry Bowden at Auburn they had a postseason ban, but they rolled off an eleven and zero in 1993, and of course. There's the king himself, Barry Switzer, in 1973, had a 10-0-1 record, finished number three in the polls. John Robinson at USC in 1976, 11-1. Gus Malzahn at Auburn, 2013, he had a 12-2. Dennis Erickson at Miami, 1989, 11-1. And then you got Larry Coker in 2001, who in his first season with the Canes, rolled off a national championship season with a Mm 12-0 record. So I feel like people are, well, it's year one, and you got to go through some things. I mean, that's true, but history tells us here, recent history tells us that, yes, if you've got the roster that's ready to go, and I feel like they have the roster that's ready to go, you can have immediate success in year one. It does not have to wait until year two or year three
0: certainly you can have success in year one and as as we discussed earlier it only dials up the pressure on all those other new coaches around the country i mean we ran through them earlier right you got oregon and notre dame and usc and lsu and florida and oklahoma and all these places that have new coaches you think all i mean none of them are going to succeed of course those are successful programs they they're they're good coaches in a lot of those places so uh I, I think what i found interesting from your list i guess the the trick to going undefeated is to get on a postseason ban <laughs> right because, uh, that was a couple a couple times on a couple times on that list i think maybe their opponents were throwing the game just to rub it in their face that they couldn't go to the postseason but um yeah it, it certainly can happen if if you're if if we're here in 2022 saying first you know first season under a coach can't have success then and you just haven't been paying attention. And and I do think that Ryan Day gets a little bit of the, oh, well, he's just, you know, he's just got a steer, man. It was already going along. He's got a steer. I mean, yeah, sure, but it's not like they've fallen off at all either, and he's in, he's got great recruiting. His quarterback recruiting has been up there with anybody in the country. Okay. Ain't lying. I mean, especially with recent commitments, everything like that, obviously you'd like to see what they can do, uh, but – him and Hartline uh, make a great pair up there, and, and we'll see what Jim Knowles can do. But do you kind of get that sense when people talk about Ryan Day? Because I've, I've seen that recently. Obviously, there's a lot of coaching uh, content that they're putting out in the offseason, trying to compare coaches, this, that, and the other. And I hear that a lot about Day, about, oh, well, he just took something that Urban built, and it was all he's got to do is just sit on, sit on the lap of the program and just steer because the program pushes the pedals itself. Yeah,
1: I, I, I mean that wasn't his fault, right? Um, I mean, I, I don't think that that should necessarily be held against him. The one thing that I will hold against him, though, is you're right, man. I mean, he's stockpiled quarterback talent there. They got Dylan Raiola committed. I mean, they're they're going to be good at quarterback. They're going to be good on offense for several years to come. Defensively, they like though, at Riley North then defensively they've taken a dip, man. And, and you saw it last year with Ohio State. If you want to run the ball on them. If you really want to run the ball on them, you, you can do it, man. Michigan did it. Um, what, Minnesota did it in, in game one? There were um, Oregon did it. Oregon definitely did it. Utah put up a, bun- a, a, a ton of points on them last year as well. So it's not the old Ohio State that we're used to, man. You can run the ball. You can score points on Ohio State. So I guess I do question a little bit. I think he's a good head coach, but – is he going to be playing a style of football that's going to yield him a national championship? I don't know, man. I'm questioning it a little bit. Yeah,
0: I mean, the, the Lincoln-Riley-North argument is certainly there because you look at what C.J. Stroud is doing and, what, and and you look at those 2017 and 2018 defenses um, that, as we've said, may at least cost us one national title appearance. I'll, I, will, I will say at a minimum it did that. So I, I totally believe that, but you look at some of the defensive – commits that they've been getting uh, even with a defensive coordinator change even with a poor defense they've they've got you know it, it'll be interesting to see what Knowles will do up there because obviously when Knowles was at our OSU Oklahoma State he had a team full of old men full of grown men that had all they've used their COVID year they were you know fifth year guys definitely seniors uh, that sprinkled all over the place he'll have better talent at Ohio State but those guys were in his scheme for a long time, uh, and they really came together, obviously. Um, Malcolm Rodriguez kind of led the way on a lot of that, and uh, obviously, in the NFL now. So it'll be interesting to see if that was more of just Jim Knowles is just a stud defensive coordinator or if it's because, you know, he had just a team full of guys that were extremely bought in, that were extremely experienced, and knew the scheme like the back of their hand.
1: Yeah. All right, Air Cover Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. Interact with the show there. couple more segments as we take you into the weekend. More coming up next right here on The Ref. Travis Davidson. Travis is live at Ash Cigar Lounge, 4205 South Sheridan Road, up there in the 918s. Um, Travis also shared a graphic with me earlier. He did not make it, so don't go after Travis Davidson. It was from 24-7 Sports. Which head coach do y'all think will win a national title first? Really, it says coaches who could win their first national title soon. We just talked about Ryan Day. He's on there. Mike Gundy is on there. Lane Kiffin is on there, as is Dan Lanning, Marcus Freeman, Lincoln Riley, Steve Sarkeesian, and Brian Kelly. There's eight head coaches there. Even another head coach from the state of Oklahoma is on there, but no sign of Brent Venables. Ooh.
0: Ooh. How obvious obvious can the national media be at this point? Say bad things about Oklahoma, your engagement's going to go crazy.
1: Yeah, they this even uh, kicked it up a notch by putting Mike Gundy in there and not Brent Vidables. That's uh, oh. that's what really got everyone and honestly,
0: going. And honestly, who were who your two on that list that that you would remove first? A reminder for everybody listening, Ryan Day, Mike Gundy, Lane Kiffin, Dan Lanning, Marcus Freeman, Lincoln Riley, Steve Sarkeesian, and Brian Kelly. Uh,
1: first two names, oh, that's tough because um, I want to take Sork off. I want to take Kiffin off. I want to take Gundy off. I want to take Riley off. I will take off Mike Gundy, and I'll take off Lane Kiffin. Just because at least USC and Texas have won national championships before. Uh, Ole Miss and Oklahoma State, outside 1945, of course, not so much for either one of those two (laughs) programs. You put some
0: respect on that 1945. I I need to at some point. Yeah, I'm looking at the same. I mean – Mike Gundy's done a heck of a job with the talent that he has, but doesn't that just feel so comfortable? I was talking to an OSU fan the other day about that, and it just doesn't seem like either the the athletic department or Mike Gundy just, I don't know, they they don't seem real in a hurry to try and, you know, up their game in recruiting or, or anything otherwise. When you look at the talent of those programs, I would hesitate. Marcus Freeman would be a guy I'd look at um, that – Kinda would be interesting to me. I'm not sure how he's gonna do at Notre Dame, uh, but yeah, I think Mike Gundy's got to come off first. And obviously, the OU fan in me wants to take off Lincoln and Sark um, probably the most quickly. But I know that they will have talent enough to do it if they could kind of figure out how to use it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure Ole Miss or Oklahoma State are gonna have just the raw talent that is needed to win on on the biggest stage in the sport.
1: You know, maybe the most interesting name on there, and let me see. Yeah, when it comes to national championships since 2000, this team has won the most. LSU, LSU's won more than Ohio State has. Um, they've won more than any, any other team on this list. The fit of Brian Kelly is fascinating. And initially, I thought, yeah, I just I don't see this fit really working out. All-time winning as head coach at Notre you- Dame. It's going to be fascinating to see if – if this works out at LSU or not, man, I just – I, mean, I, I don't know, man. There are
0: two certified buffoons, certified buffoons that won national titles yeah. at LSU. I mean, in Les Miles and Ed O. I mean, who's to say a coach that has had way more success than either of them couldn't go in there and get the job done? I mean, it seems that LSU, more than any other program, is either – or you have a losing record, or you are in the national title hunt. It's one of the two, and that's what it feels like. It and and that's the question I've I've posed to a lot of OU fans is, I need to I need to run a poll. But would you rather have OU's last ten years, twenty years, or LSU's right? Multiple you know losing seasons, losing to Troy, you know on homecoming, the embarrassing times are low. The lows are low. Yep, but national title man what would you do to get if I could guarantee you that Brent Venables would win the national title this upcoming year but then we would have back-to-back losing seasons you know or would you just roll the dice you know if I if you could lock that in if this were deal or no deal if you could just lock in one national title and then multiple losing seasons after that would would, this, would the high of the national title just not matter oh, the man, couple years? It,
1: The drought has been so long that it's so tempted just to say, deal, just give me a hit of that national championship. I right. just want to feel it again. I don't really care what comes after that. But if I like, if I were urging, if there was like some part of the deal or no deal where you could have an advisor come out and say, hey, calm down, let's think about this, I would be the advisor that would say, look, I think that you're going to win a national championship. Don't sell your soul just for yeah, one. Yeah, because this
0: doesn't guarantee you that you won't win a national. This this is not a guarantee that you won't win a national title. Yeah, it's like, just a guarantee that you will win, like will one, and, and then just fall off a cliff.
1: It's very tempting just to take and the natty. People have
0: to be fired eventually, and then you do this whole coaching search again. Right. Very right. tempting to take That's the natty. That's interesting to me. And just run tough, with it. it. It's a tough, tough question.
1: And, but I, I think the program is better than that. I think th- I, I think. The OU program, especially under this new staff, is better than, yes, just give me that one national championship and then we'll suck and be up and down for the next five or six years. Nah, that's not what the the history of the program has been. And I know that it's been 22 or I guess 21 long years since the last national championship. I understand that. But I, when this program is run correctly, and I think it's back to being run correctly, I think it's better than – just one national championship and being up and down. I think here you can win one and have a level of consistency where you can compete for it again shortly after. So a long way to say no deal, I guess. Though it's very tempting.
0: Very tempting offer, all right. Mr. Banker. All right. He, he he slams the cover on the button. No deal.
1: And then I pick the national championship case next, and uh, we're all screwed around here. So, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, everyone. <laughs> Jeez. All right, um, That's we got funny. One, just an interesting,
0: interesting question.
1: We got one final segment coming up next. Travis is live at Ash Cigar Lounge in Tulsa, forty two oh five South Sheridan Road. We'll get to some of your texts as we close it up next as we take you into the weekend. You're listening to the Homeless Uter fans, it's the ref.